So last time we talked about uh, all of us in one way or another having dark issues in our past and not allowing them to um, bring us to the place where we lose our faith as if we uh, felt that uh, our dark issues are too big for God and he can't forgive us. But now what if the dark issues are still present? Many people, all people in one way or another, have perverted desires. We all have a broken down human nature that doesn't function properly. We're all embarrassed by wrong desires and wrong um, goals or simply perversions that uh, we don't know where they came from. They were with us in childhood. We grew up with them. We were ashamed of them. We tried to fight them. We couldn't resist or we did resist. And we have been in stress over it for a very, very long time. I would say, in fact, that there are probably some people listening to this broadcast who listen to radio broadcasts on faith in Christ because they feel too unworthy to go to church to listen to them. And uh, therefore, many people listen to these broadcasts wistfully, wishing that they wish it could be true for them too, but they feel too unworthy. I want to address that issue right away. First of all, it says in Romans 6 that we died to sin. Now, that doesn't mean that we died to every desire that we have and every perversion that's secretly in the back of our minds. It doesn't mean that we no longer feel these urges or um, have these fantasies. What it means is that we accept that our human nature has been judged and executed in Christ's death on the cross so that we no longer identify our human nature as ours. Now, that sounds really wacko, I know, at first. But the, the death of Jesus representing all humanity, that execution represent, representing all humanity, is our ticket to being able to separate ourselves from the very nature we live in. We can say, dear God, you feel, you know these urges that I have, these perversions, this uh, uh, distorted human nature, these shameful things I feel, but I thank you that you recognize, as I do also agreeing with you, that they are no longer mine and I no longer identify with them because I count myself as dead and executed in the death and execution of Jesus Christ. That's the first thing. It doesn't mean you never feel them anymore. It doesn't mean that you may not be overcome by them anymore. But it means that you no longer identify them as yours. Now, that creates in the mind in the faith life, a conflict, doesn't it? It, conf- it? it creates a conflict between what we believe we are in Christ and the reality of what we are in ourselves. But don't be alarmed by that conflict. Affirm by faith the truth of who you are in Christ and enable yourself to say, I thank you, dear God, that the feelings, the perversions, the uh, shameful desires I have no longer belong to me. Now, what that does is to set up a dialogue, a conversation between you and God that you would never have had before. 
If you cannot believe that you died with Christ, then what happens is that you feel um, unworthy. You feel that you cannot talk to God the, until these desires pass, until these dark issues uh, no longer dominate your mind for a while, and you go into your silent place. Well, when you go into your silent place, then the desires become worse, don't they? They are the only voice that you can hear. You can't hear the voice of the comforting Holy Spirit anymore because you've had to block him, uh, because you feel too ashamed. But when you know the truth of the gospel and that these that your human nature has died, has been executed in Christ's death— so that it is no longer charged as yours, then you can disidentify with it. You can separate yourself from it. You can say, Father, I thank you that I need no longer be ashamed of these desires because I confirm in Christ that they are not mine anymore. That's how Paul lived, you see, in Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. Do you see the conflict that he has there? I am crucified with Christ. Um, I am crucified with Christ. I do not live, and yet I do live. Yet the life I do live, I now live by faith in the Son of God. There is this conflict of faith. Don't be afraid of the conflict. It is something that you are given as a gift from God. You are going to say to God, God, I will not let you go. I will not let these desires separate me from you because they are counted as no longer mine, for they were executed by proxy in Jesus Christ at the cross. You see, then, that you have a running argument with God. It's not that you have to argue him, with him to convince him. God already loves you. He has put the argument in you in the first place. It is that your argument is to convince yourself. That's what's going on. Now, I think, I wonder, if this little bit of conversation with you reminds you of something. Does it remind you of Jacob's wrestle? It ought to. Read again Genesis 32. This is a fascinating story. Can't go into all the details, but let's go into some of them. You remember that, jo uh, that Jacob was, uh, had a name that de meant deceiver. He deceived his brother Esau. Esau was the firstborn. Um, but uh, when they were younger, um, Jacob deceived him out of that firstborn. Jacob was uh, a, a, a man of the field. He, he was a hunter. Esau was a, a shepherd-like person. And he... Uh, I'm sorry, I've got that the wrong way round. It was Esau that was the hunter. And he came in one day from the field having uh, hunted, and he was exhausted. And he, uh, Jacob saw that he was exhausted. And Esau said, give me some of that pottage, you know, that, that lentil, those lentils of yours. And Jacob saw his moment, and he said, sell me your birthright first. And Esau was so disregarding of his birthright, he didn't see a lot of importance in it, and he was so exhausted from the hunt that he said, okay. Jacob gave him the pottage. And that stuck in his craw, that is Esau, 
Esau's crow for years. He realized that Jacob had deceived him. It was getting to a, a very serious conflict. His mother told Jacob uh, he'd better hightail it out of the place. And uh, so he, until your, your brother has calmed down, they thought that would be a few weeks or months. Turned out to be 20-odd years. And uh, during that time, Jacob served his uh, uncle Laban and was cheated many times. But the time came when God told Jacob to go back home. That would thrill him in one way because he longed to see his family again. He missed them terribly. But it also brought to mind the conflict and enmity with his brother. And so he sent gifts ahead of himself uh, to placate and appease uh, Esau. But he got the news that Esau was coming with 400 of his men. Jacob, in anxiety and a virtual paranoia, naturally thought that those men uh, that were coming with Esau were to, for the purpose of attacking him and, and wiping out his family. And Jacob went into prayer. And he prayed with God, have mercy on me, God. Don't let my brother harm me and destroy my family. Remember your promises to me and so on. And as he was praying, there came that mysterious being out of the bushes, as it were, and wrestled with him. It uh, was a wrestle that went on all the night. It's hard to comprehend it. But it was as it was going on, Jacob was still praying to God and praying that he wouldn't harm him. And then came the voice of God to him, let me go. And Jacob was absolutely petrified because he knew that if he let God go, because he was now convinced that this was not a human being, but an angel of God and possibly God himself in, the pers in a human person, Jacob knew that if he let God go, he would have no defense against Esau. And yet he also knew to hang on to God was a disobedience. And furthermore, to look upon God was uh, believed in those days to uh, secure your certain death. So there was an enormous conflict in Jacob's mind. And there came forth this moment of brashness and faith that took the chance of his lifetime, and he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. It was an arrogant statement, a statement of aggressive faith. God could have wiped him out at the, that very moment. But God said, what is your name? He said, Jacob, and he hated his name because it meant deceiver and supplanter. He said, change it, for you have wrestled with God and men and have prevailed. And so the name he was given was Israel, which means one who has struggled and wrestled with God and prevailed. Now that story is the story of your life when you are struggling with dark issues. You want to pull away from God because of those dark issues, feeling you are unworthy and you shouldn't be in his presence and be praying and believing that you are a Christian and saved in Jesus Christ. And yet, and so 
and, and you hear God say, let me go, and you wonder, what's that all about? Why is he telling me to let him go? But God is only telling you to let him go in order to stir your faith. And he stirs your faith, and you say, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And you see, this is what you are doing in your darkest hues. You are saying, Lord God, I know I'm unworthy of you. I know I have a corrupt, perverted human nature. I know it still clings to me, but it's not mine anymore. It's not counted as mine because it was crucified with Christ and executed on the cross. And I will not let you go. You have to bless me. This is the persistence that Christians have in their faith life. Sometimes our faith life is tranquil, perfectly confident, trusting calmly, and other times it's like a war. It's like a wrestle because we have become anxious and our fears are overwhelming us and we have to shout out to God, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And that shouting out to God, that wrestling terminology is God's gift to you. It is from the Holy Spirit. So do not be alarmed by your dark issues. Tell the Lord, I'm not going to let you go no matter how dark I am, because Christ is my righteousness, Lord. And the Lord says, you've said it. Well, thanks for listening to me today. Colin Cook here, and you've been listening to my program, How It Happens, which you can hear on the radio at 10 o'clock in the evening in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas, repeated at uh, 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670, the call letters AM 670. And uh, you can also hear the program any time of the day or night on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com, and key in how it happens with Colin Cook. And would you remember or think of a donation, please? It would help so much. Send your donation online to faithquestradio.com. Go to faithquestradio.com. You'll see it there. Thank you so very much for your support. I appreciate and all your kindly little notes. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.